there is a bomb in Gilead to make the wounded Shout for joy in the Lord, O ye righteous. Praise befits the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with the harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap. He puts the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of man. From where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The warhorse is a false hope for salvation, and by its great might it cannot rescue. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love, that he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield, for our heart is glad in him, because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. Psalm 33 in the ESV. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Balm and Gilead podcast. My name is Justin, and I am joined by the two originals, Brian and Grant. Guys, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Doing all right. How are you doing? I mean, I have to say I'm doing actually excellent tonight. Uh, That's excellent to hear. Really? Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I just feel very, very excellent. Uh, is it because we have finally fulfilled our mission as a podcast to get you say as number two instead of number one? Oh, well, that, that is pretty excellent. I have to say. I feel like that was all me. It probably was. Um, 
number one, taking over the number one slot in hot Christian songs for the week of April 24, 2021, is Good God Almighty by Crowder. Oh. Ooh. Um, which It's been a while since he's had a number one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's got to be really great for him. Uh, oh, number yeah. three, number, uh, Lauren Daigle is at number two. And mm. uh, number three is Battle Belongs, Phil Wickham. Um, Battle mm. Belongs, I don't know what, what, what that means, but the Battle Belongs to something, maybe, possibly. Nice. And uh, old friend Zach Williams is number four. So I thought you'd like to, like to see that. Yeah, our local Christian radio station just pretty much plays uh, there must be another in the fire or there was another in the fire or something by Hillsong United mm-hmm. over and over and over again. It's like in my nine minute track to work. I think I hear it four times. Huh? Wow. <laughs> uh, well, uh, how great thou art is number 18 sung by Carrie Underwood. Mm. Um, CC Winans. When's the last time she was a Christian singer, <laughs> but she is now <laughs> number 20. Mm. Um, yeah, just kind of looking over the oh Justin Bieber, Justin Bieber, uh, <laughs> reformed hot boy, Justin Bieber, and <laughs> bad boy, Re- reformed bad, bad boy. boy, right? I get it confused. <laughs> uh, and Beam, B E A M. I don't think they mean Jim, um, but not. some sort of uh, Justin Bieber and, and a group called Beam is uh, number twenty three with Freedom. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um. They are also number 26 with Where Do I Fit In? Um, okay. And that's featuring Tori Kelly Chandler Moore. That's a lot of names. And somebody else. Well, Tori Kelly was on that Sing movie as an elephant. So Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, okay. I, I remember that movie. Wow, Justin Bieber. Man, reformed um, bad boy Justin Bieber. Number 35 and 36. <laughs> Is Holy on there? Um, I'm looking. There's a lot of Carrie Underwood, a lot of Justin Bieber. Interesting. Yeah, um, Maverick City music is starting to come on here. Mm. Uh, Hillsong Worship number 44 with Fresh Wind. That's the the first one there. Uh, Ellie Holcomb, uh, new song Canyon. I'm I'm sorry. Fresh Wind just sounds like a fart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. and Can- Canyon Canyon's actually a really good song. I I, I did manage to hear that one because it came on my uh, Spotify my Spotify yep. radar. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, hmm. it's pretty solid from Ellie Holcomb, uh, wife to Drew Holcomb, right? And they do and stuff the together, I believe. So, yep. So uh, other cool releases this week. Uh, yeah, so, Psalm sixty three. Yes. Mm. Or 69. 69. Or 69. No, yeah. 69. Yeah. Psalm 69. They're, they're almost done with book two. Mm. Right. Uh, we're talking about, of course, poor Bishop Hooper. Uh, Justin, have you listened much to, to them? Yeah, a little bit. And then I, I was listening before I came on the show with y'all to the episode that you, where you guys had them on. So it was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Like I got to say, Psalm 69, the way, They've done that. Uh, it's just really, really done well. Uh, very impressed. Would encourage everyone to go out and listen to it. So, I and then uh, another another song on my release radar that mm-hmm. was pretty good was uh, 
Judah featuring uh, Caleb Chapman. They did a, hmm. a Psalm 103. Oh, really? Okay. Very nice. Yeah. Caleb Chapman being the, the front man for Colony House. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, that was on mine too, I believe. It was released under Colony House's like artist page or whatever. But uh, no, Colony House, Colony House released a song called Oh Yeah, and it is terrible. Okay, okay, it's garbage. I didn't even know it was them, unless to tell you, unless you want to be really upset. It, I I was sad. I like, I didn't even, I, I couldn't believe it was actually them. I thought maybe their account got hacked again. Like that one time. <laughs> what was I think? Uh, I think Gorillas released a song. The, I think Gorillas might have released a song called Colony House, and it and it got listed as a Colony House song called Gorillas. Oh, and Gorillas is a very different band than Colony House. <laughs> oh yeah, but, that brings yeah. back some old memories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I ain't happy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think of that song. What is it like? Feel good or something like that. I have to apply yeah, some yeah. auto tune to that um, in post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one. There's some. They were they were interesting. They were very interesting. Anyway, what have you been yeah. listening to, Justin? Oh goodness, a lot of the same stuff. So, uh, sound and worship. We've got this kind of a uh, popular playlist, I guess, our of our favorite worship songs. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of my soul among lines. That's kind of what I've been jamming out to a lot lately. Um, it's hard to go wrong with with their stuff. Uh, and of course, Matt Boswell. I, I may have mentioned him on every episode now. I'm not sure, but, <laughs> but <laughs> I heard him on a, I heard him on a podcast recently. That's the one that Sovereign Grace puts together, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good podcast and um, yeah, Sound Plus Doctrine. Right. Oh, that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll probably be pretty yeah. glad that we mentioned them to kind of get their name out there a little bit. Um. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's another new song that I heard recently. Uh, we've talked about it on the show before, but uh, Love Lifted Me by uh, by Brian mm. J. Emerson, It's Town and Worship. Oh, yeah. I think I have heard that one a few times. It's uh, pretty good. Maybe like, yeah. Yeah, actually, that song, uh, I I happen to know the person that submits that stuff to like Spotify and, and Apple and all that. And No way. Uh, I'm pretty sure, yeah. I, I think they may, yeah. that he may have submitted that to those platforms um, uh, maybe a day ago. And what? Of course, we're, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And, and since we are recording this one a week before that we were planning on releasing it in right. order to maybe actually release this episode on time, mm. it, it might, it might be on there by the time. This yeah. Episode Hopefully it will. Hopefully it will. And yeah, you can, if it is, and even if it's not, just go ahead and check, but it'll be uh love lifting me by sound and worship and Brian J. Emerson. So check it out not, on whatever you're Black. listening on. Not Jack not that one. Okay. <laughs> not that one. All right. Oh, me. Or the Alan All Jackson right. version. Oh. <laughs> no, not the Alan Jackson version, though I am familiar with that one. Yeah, I've heard Randy that. Randy Travis. Um, those are pretty much the same versions. <laughs> anyway, um, about last episode, uh, we we released it a week after we planned. Um, a lot of that was due to the fact that my iPad decided it wasn't going to export audio anymore. (laughs) 
And womp, that was womp. unfortunate. Womp, womp, womp. So we're actually trying something new this week as well. And hopefully we won't run into any more technical issues. But I did want to assure our listeners that we are not planning on becoming a tri-weekly podcast. That is uh, not our goal. Uh, but uh, if you think about it, just pray that we actually can uh, avoid any technical issues in the future. <laughs> uh, I, I've actually, and this is, I don't want to sound silly, but I've been trying to uh, commit everything to prayer and uh, not like even things that seem silly. Mm-hmm. So our listeners out there, if you are listening, you know, just pray that we don't have technical issues because I would appreciate that. Um, so I'm getting a new system. I'm actually borrowing some equipment this week to do Sweet. the podcast. And so I'm, I'm technically borrowing it from myself, but eventually this equipment will go to live at my store's office and not in my house uh, because we will be doing a Chick-fil-A podcast mm. that will not be public. So you guys will never hear it, unfortunately. Oh. But oh. it's going to be amazing. Um, Probably the best. So I'm borrowing equipment. It will be. And it's my pleasure. Um, <laughs> Is that the name of the podcast? So, uh, no, it's going to be called Nug Life. Oh, yeah. Missed opportunity there. Yeah, Fine. For sure. we'll, 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 Justin and I will get together and we'll make one called It's My Pleasure. And it's going to be about working at Chick-fil-A I, even though we haven't. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that that, I'm pretty sure there was already a podcast called It's My Pleasure. Uh, there was also <laughs> another podcast called Chicken Talk, mm. which is something that we, we, is a phrase we use at work, but uh Apparently, it means something. I don't know what it means, but every if you Google it, it comes with, up with a bunch of explicit tags. So, oh, okay. Oh, Maybe I'll wow. avoid so, that one. <laughs> so, Nug Life it is. Uh, Nug Life <laughs> was something that was from an actual Chick-fil-A corporate video where they got Show Baraka to do a rap about nuggets. Oh. And wow. uh, they had, like, Nug Life written on someone's fingers instead of Thug Life. And so, yeah. That's how we do that. <laughs> so, anyway, that is my first point of follow up: is technical issues. Remember to keep us in prayer, borrowing equipment, and trying to budget for new equipment. Yeehaw. So, if anyone wanted to donate three hundred dollars to me, <laughs> then I could buy some new equipment right away. Otherwise, I'm going to be saving up for it. Um, totally. Uh, another point. Another point of follow-up that I have is I met a gentleman named Dave at church uh, a couple weeks ago. Awesome. And it was it was after we released our last episode. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, the day after we, re- we released, or re- we recorded our last episode. Okay. Uh, excuse me. Um, I was chatting about him. I just met him. Like, it was the first time I met him. We were chatting about random stuff. Uh, and I think that I said something like... Um, Kanye and Justin Bieber should start a band and call it salt and light. I don't know. It just sounded, it sounded like a good thing to say at the time. He said, I think there's a local guy that has a podcast called salt and light. And I was like, my podcast is called bomb and Gilead. He was like, bomb and Gilead. I've listened to bomb and Gilead. I heard you guys. I heard you guys on Presby cast and I've, and I've actually listened to you guys. I'm like, that's fantastic. I've no a guy who'd already heard of it. Yeah. So, so we're getting out there. That's wow. awesome, and yeah. I can, and I can thank, I can thank Chortles and, and Resby for that. So, thank Yay. you, guys. thanks Chortles and Resby. They're, by the way, they are uh, they do these cantina shows where um, they're they're kind of new, but pretty much anybody can come on and just 
say a little piece or whatever. So uh, I'm hoping to be on the next one. Uh, it sounds like oh, yeah. uh, I'm not sure when it is, but I'm planning to be on it. So fantastic! Oh, nice. I mean, that's don't uh, tell anybody, new information but, for y'all. Right? Yeah. It, it, don't tell anybody, but even a Baptist listened to uh, the episode that you guys were on Presbycast. So <gasps> really, yeah. Keep oh, it on, on the low, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, okay. I will good. tell. <laughs> Uh, well, that's great. Welcome, Dave. Uh, great to have you. And um, yeah, maybe I'm uh, Bako End on the Presbycast uh, Discord. So I'll, if you say or um, hi, uh, I'll say hi back, probably. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, so I, I have a point of follow up from our community over at Tech Reformation. And this is a great reminder if you. Uh, listen to our show, like our show, and want to talk back or just talk to us, uh, you can find us on the Balman Gilead channel on the Tech Reformation uh, Slack. And that's at techreformation.slack.com uh, or slack.techreformation.com to sign up, which is kind of confusing, but hopefully by now you have some idea how to use Slack a little better. Uh, but anyway, I have a point of follow-up from dear listener Brad. <laughs> and Brad's name is actually Bechainoff. And I've been pronouncing it incorrect all this time. He helpfully put the Dutch, pre- uh, pr- um, the Dutch pronunciation on the, uh, on the uh, channel there, Balm and Gilead. And so... Um, Again, it's it's Bechainoff, and mm. it, it means Garden of Bees. So I might just Brad Garden of Bees. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe that will be better. Uh, <laughs> the Bee Man, the the Bee Man, is like a great double entendre for his name, considering both first and last. Yeah, Bechainoff. Yes, I bet you you, so. you probably had to practice that a few times. I did actually. Uh, before I say it, I'm on this website where you can, you know, pronounce different names and I'm playing it right before I pronounce it. So it's in my head. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so what do all of his, what do all his friends call him? Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I like to think, think of him as a friend. I, I like to think of, a, you know, I was having a conversation actually with a in-person in real life friend, one of the elders at our church, who's also our, a uh, small group leader and just a really good friend. Uh, and they were over at our place last night and we just were having a conversation. He was asking how the podcast was going and giving him an update. And he was like, so, uh, you know, he knew that, you know, I hadn't really met you all yet in person, but uh, the, uh, actually the, still the only person I've met in person is uh, Patrick McAfee. Uh, when he used to live uh, in New York, and I was out there for a conference. But uh, if I'm ever in your neck of the woods, uh, any of y'all, I'd love to stop by and uh, or meet someplace for dinner or something. And uh, I always love meeting friends. So anyway, great oh, yeah. to have you all. That is my follow-up. So uh, kind of uh, at a little bit of a icebreaker, uh, did either of you two gentlemen see this? Uh, Brad uh, Bahainoff is actually the one who posted this to the COVID 
Oh, what is? I don't know. We have a channel on the the Slacks called COVID something, um, or it's about COVID stuff, and it's it's this article that says how churches are influencing vaccine decisions. Did either of you read it? Or are uh, you familiar I, you with it? You the headline, but I did not read it, but it is. Fair. It's, yeah, it's disturbing. So, yeah, it's from out in uh, good old San Diego. Mm. I kept wondering if they were going to mention my parents-in-law's old church uh, from uh, when, when they were living out there, but they did not. Um, but basically, the, the, the basic thrust of it is that there are three types of churches out there. There are churches that are advocating, hey, parishioners, go get the vaccine. And maybe even hosting vaccine vaccinations like on-site uh, mm. for the COVID-19. Uh, then there's this other church um, cast as the bad guys in the article called Awaken Church, which I got to say, I mean, like I want to check out their What We Believe page, and I bet it's going to be fairly short. But um, they are very actively resisting. They're like, actually don't get the vaccine. Uh, mm. And then there is a third group of people who are um, like, they're not saying, you know, you, you make up your own mind kind of thing. Uh, it also mm. throws some Jews and some Muslims in there too. Uh, and kind of the steps that they're taking to promote uh, COVID-19 vaccines within their own um, groups. I'm not sure what they, they would call themselves. Um, so this article kind of raised my hackles. Maybe it's raising yours. And there were a couple of different things. For one, it just, it, it kind of begins to impinge on Christian liberty, right? Uh, which is very neatly laid out for us. In the 20th uh, chapter of the Westminster Confession of Faith, it's called Of Christian Liberty and Liberty of Conscience. But what, what that is talking about is that, um, uh, the like right out of the gate, it says the liberty which Christ has purchased for believers under the gospel consists in their freedom from the guilt of sin, the condemning wrath of God, the curse of the moral law, and in their being delivered from this present evil world, bondage to Satan and dominion of sin. And it goes on. It's a very long sentence. But uh, it, it's God is alone the Lord of the conscience, and he has left it free from the doctrines and commandments of men, which are in anything contrary to his word or beside it matters of faith and worship. So what I believe it's saying, and I'm happy to be corrected, but the church doesn't need to be like jumping into every single little, you know, issue that comes along, unless of course it has to do with the word of God. And in that case, um, absolutely. You know, that is mm -hmm. their domain, uh, the church's domain to talk about. Um, so I don't know, like, do you, what do you guys think about this? Should churches be um, advocating one way or the other for people getting vaccines? First of all, one of the things we have to remember is that this is an experimental vaccine. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not a vaccine that has stood the test of time. It's not like polio vaccine or smallpox or chickenpox even, or, uh, or measles. I mean, it's, this is the only reason that this vaccine exists is because they took emergency methods to be able to rush it through production process. And 
this is not my opinion. This is fact. Mm -hmm. And um, anyone, uh, so right now the U.S. Army, like the military, does not, cannot force anyone in the military to take the vaccine because it is legally experimental and they cannot legally uh, force the military personnel to take the vaccine. So any pastor who's standing up and saying, you in the church, you should get this vaccine. They like, they're doing more than uh, almost more than like what the U S government can do for, for uh, the military. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's telling also like the CEOs and the people that work at, at Pfizer and aren't getting the vaccine, (laughs) which is also telling. And so, it, this is an experimental vaccine, and uh, I, I made a joke. I said, uh, in our family, we have a we have a family rule that's don't let the government experiment on you for free. Mm. Um, this is me basically saying I will not get the vaccine. It's experimental, and I will not get it. Right. Um, I'm also pretty sure I've had COVID, but um, it's it, it's it's ridiculous that a pastor would stand up and say. Hey church, you should go out and get the let the government experiment on you for free and even though you know our military don't have to get it because mm-hmm. it's experimental. Yeah. And so I think that needs to be taken into account. Yeah, I yeah. agree too. I completely agree and I mean I I kind of like it when like a pastor gets in the pulpit and uh you know exposits the word of God and stick to the gospel, <laughs> uh, you know, that, that that's more my kind of role that I see the church playing uh, because people need the gospel. Uh, they need to be reminded of what's in scripture and uh, just giving vaccine advice. Um, I've witnessed firsthand a, a pastor, uh, and I won't name any names. Um, there's no way anybody listening to this would have any clue who this, who it would be, but I've, I've witnessed a pastor kind of poke fun at people for not getting the vaccine. Um, and just, you know, for the points that you brought up, Brian, you know, that it's, that's pretty crazy, uh, for a pastor to, to get up there and, and do that. Um, I mean, if people want to get it, go right ahead. Uh, you know, I'm not going to try to stop anyone from getting it. Uh, and I hope that, that they work. I know they paused one of them already. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've also said this, if Kit was still with us, I would be the first in line mm-hmm. uh, because I would do whatever it takes to make sure that she was safe. And so for those out there that have uh, immunocompromised children or immunocompromised spouse or parents, uh, this it's a completely different issue. Yeah. Uh, if if you need to do what you have to do to make sure that your loved ones are safe, do what you need to do. But to mandate it or to say, you know, you can't come to this school if you don't get vaccinated, or I am strongly encouraging from the pulpit, from a place of spiritual authority that you need to go out and get this vaccine. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, that's my big problem with it too. It's it's not the place of the church, I don't think, to just always. I mean, the church certainly can, but mm-hmm. let's not get away from the word and sacrament. What are you doing? Are you giving away? Um, hey, today's sermon is going to be by these doctors who have <laughs> a very important message for us all. 
excuse me, but the, you know, what's wrong with the world is sin. Obviously, COVID-19 is terrible. Um, I might even suggest that it's potentially, quite likely, the judgment of God upon this nation. So Mm -hmm. wouldn't it be better if instead of, you know, worrying about that, we're in our church anyway, on Sunday morning, on the Lord's Day, saying, no, we are going to dedicate ourselves to the ordinary means of grace. We're going to do the preaching of the word and the sacrament. And that that's what Sunday is for. That's what the Lord's Day is for. That is where the church should, in my mind anyway, um, that's where the church needs to be. Um, kind of what you were saying, Justin, like, <laughs> can't we... Can we get back to the gospel? Can't we? Right. That's yeah, the most I important thing. I seem to remember thing. this. Yeah. I seem to remember this verse in, in Romans 1. I think it was Romans 1, 16. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to save. Mm-hmm. And uh, the COVID vaccine is not the power of God to save. The gospel is the power of God to save. So what 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 good would it be to extend my years if I don't have the gospel? Right. I'm into that. Absolutely. Well, I just wanted to share that. Brad brought that up, and I thought it was worth discussing a little bit. Um, we'll have some Can links add, in there. Oh, please do. Go for it. Yeah, I just want to add one thing here. As I have a message from Kenneth Copeland. Burn. 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 I'm telling you, it gets hot down there. I mean, like Jesse says, it's Africa hot down there, man. And it gets... (laughs) Are you listening to me? Because it's it's right there on the coast, it gets muggy, and that's what it takes to kill this thing. Uh, It hates heat, it hates humidity, it hates water. (laughs) It just dies. (laughs) I hollered at the top of my voice, in the name of Jesus, you get back up there where you belong. Boy, up it went. I messed us up. Man. (laughs) (laughs) excellent oh i don't yeah excellent excellent Excellent. indeed (laughs) oh my word like yeah that's okay yeah uh it reminds me of the uh the lord of the rings you shall not pass yeah (laughs) Uh, that that bethel did very similar (laughs) yeah yeah anyway Anyway, that is enough. That's enough of that. I don't think we need to go on a big mask rant that we were thinking about going on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Oof. moving on, we'll get away from current events and politics and we'll get into, uh, you know, I sometimes I, I write out an outline and I will just talk about, I'll just kind of talk off the cuff or talk about uh, just some small topics kind of work my way through. Sometimes I manuscript out a a book and then I read that book to you all and you all enjoy it. And I appreciate that. So today is a book week. (laughs) Uh, I've, I started writing and it just kept going and kept going. And then 
eventually I was like, yeah, let's, uh, let's make this a two part episode. So part one is going to be on excellence. Uh, next episode will be on beauty and craft as it pertains to excellence. And so I'll talk a little bit about beauty and craft today, uh, but I will get deeper into those topics, uh, in our future episode, but, Very cool. um, uh, I'll just uh, start by just kind of reading what I have here. Uh, as we walk through the excellence element, and as I remind, uh, this season we're going through the excellence element. And uh, just it's about lyrical beauty, musical beauty, lyrical composition, musical composition. Uh, so as we walk through the excellence element, our approach and our goal is going to it's going to change slightly. Uh, last season we talked about the Psalms, and before that we talked about scripture, law, and gospel, and really like song content, lyrical content. Um, and uh, we we focused very heavily on what the Bible said concerning uh, specific matters. And we sought, uh, we sought to glean from scripture a pattern of what God desires from us as we write and as we discern music that's useful for worship. Uh, but for this season, for the excellence model, and, and I do admit that we are we're veering into a more subjective area. Um, I do want to 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 say that uh, it's mostly subjective, but some of it is is objective. Uh, and uh, kind of as a, as a sidebar, some people will say that this idea of excellence is completely subjective. Some people will say that there's not a lot of subjectivity to it at all. And I think that both of those are errors. Um, and so as we kind of go into this excellence model, we understand that some of this is subjective, but some of this is objective. Um, and since it is subjective, I fully admit I could be wrong or I could grow in these areas. And so this is kind of a conversation and this is where I am in my, my journey of, of understanding this. But uh, the Bible does not have an explicit command to pursue excellence. Uh, it does not have an explicit definition of excellence, uh, nor does it tie the pursuit of excellence, especially in the arts, with sanctification or any other spiritual discipline. However, the description of artistry given, especially those concerning the building of the tabernacle and the temple, are clear descriptions of excellence. The Bible is not silent on the matters of excellence, beauty, or craft. And I want to take this episode and uh, especially next episode and the ones to follow, uh, especially to lay some biblical groundwork in the argument that God cares about our pursuit of excellence in beauty and in craft. Uh, our ultimate goal for this season uh, it, it isn't to build an entirely biblical argument for the excellence model. Uh, and I'm not trying uh, to build an argument that is solely useful for types one, two, and three music. My ultimate goal for this season is to offer a helpful guide for what, it, for what I believe are generally accepted ideas about excellence. Uh, but I will admit that I have some personal ideas in the mix as well. As such, the ex the excellence element uh, has more potential to change as we work through it than say the psalm model or the scriptural model, the scripture element. Um, my thesis for the defense of the excellence model is built on the idea 
that John Cooper said as well on an episode of his podcast, Cooper Stuff, um, that Christians should be making the best stuff because the spirit is in them and they have no excuse not to be making the best stuff. He argues that Christian music should be the best music. Christian movies should be the best movies. Christian plumbers should be the best plumbers, etc. Because they have no excuse not to be. Uh, we shouldn't be kind of riding on the coattails of popular music. And uh, I've, I've heard it said that like Christian music is 10 years behind what secular music is. We should be like on the forefront. We should be the innovators. We should be doing like the best music out there. And uh, again, I want to plug poor Bishop Hooper. I, I, I can't think of a more innovative band out there just making music, not, inspired by what they're hearing, but just by their own creativity. Uh, and uh, this, if God is dwelling inside of each Christian, and if God's standard is perfection, and God is sanctifying us daily, then we should be glorifying him by refusing to settle for cheap throwaway twaddle. Um, and this idea is not unique to John Cooper. In fact, mm-hmm. I, I wrote my first draft for this questionnaire more than a year before ever listening to his podcast. But uh, this idea is also not unique to me. Um, I would wager that nearly every Christian creative uh, has had this thought. So everyone who is writing music, everyone who's making movies, everyone who's writing books, everyone who's doing anything creative in in like within the Christian worldview, specifically those who are regenerate believers, they have all had this thought because God has put this thought into us. And, and I would wager that because we we all share the same spirit uh, and, uh, and he is a creative spirit. God created the world in six days. Uh, he created the giraffe and the element and the, and the narwhal. You know he he is creative, and he has put that creative spirit inside of all of us, and and we can we know that you know, we we know it, we feel it. Uh, for this episode, uh, and and for season three, uh, I'm going to be discussing excellence and beauty and and, and craft, and I'm going to look at what the and today we're specifically focusing on excellence, and in our next episode we'll. We'll talk about beauty and craft, but I'm going to talk about what the Bible says about them, uh, what professional creatives say about them, and what I have to say about them. I would love this to be a conversation. Uh, I'm looking to expand my horizons on these topics, uh, uh, but I do take the stance that the best music pursues excellence in both beauty and in craft, and uh, in the music that doesn't, doesn't last. Nice. Um, I have a quote that I would like to read that you made me really think of. Um, And this is so random, but just going through your description of excellence and talking about John Cooper and all that, there's another pretty prominent uh, figure in Christian history uh, that you guys may have heard of. His name is Martin Luther. uh, Rings a bell. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I seem to remember... Something like that. Right. <laughs> maybe maybe this will jog your memory. But he had a quote, and um, my current pastor uh, spoke about this. I, it may have been this week, 
Uh, it was at a Wednesday night service, either this week or the one before. But uh, the quote, I looked it up here on the fly, and it says, The Christian shoemaker does his duty not by putting little crosses on the shoes, but by making good shoes, because God is interested in good craftsmanship. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, you also um, remind me a little bit of Francis Schaeffer and uh, whatever else you think of him. Um, he did have quite a bit to say about the arts. Now, it's been a while since I've kind of read him, but, uh, you know, it, the arts were for him like something that ought to be fairly central to the Christian life um, because he saw that as a way to influence the the world, really. And um, so it should be very good art. It should be very, um, it should be art that helps people understand, um, you know, who God is and who people are. Maybe, maybe not through such explicit means like putting a little cross on every shoe, but <laughs> through creating good art. And I, I mm-hmm. believe, yeah, he was uh, another person that you might want to look to. Yeah, um, my my wife really liked his book. It was Art in the Bible. Is that his book? I think so. Uh, Art in the Bible, yeah, 1973. And then How Should We Then Live, 1976. Uh, yeah. Um, those both had yeah, some. And- yeah, he he has he has a lot of really good stuff to say for sure. Um, yeah, I, I want to get kind of I want to go deep into this idea of of excellence, um, and I'd say that most people have a general understanding of you know the quote unquote pursuit of excellence. Uh, it's a term we throw around, um, and. and it's one of those things like I asked my wife, you know, to describe it and, or to define it. And I think everyone would give you a, a very long and kind of drawn out definition of this idea of pursuit of excellence. Mm -hmm. And most of them are going to line up to a degree, uh, but they're all going to like, it's hard to come up with a succinct definition. Um, And so I, I wanted to go ahead and be, and, and carefully explain what I am talking about when I'm talking about this idea of the pursuit of excellence, especially in the Christian worldview as it pertains to music and the arts. Um, I mentioned in one of our very first episodes that one of God's incommunicable attributes is his perfection. So I can't be perfect. Uh, you know, I'm commanded to be perfect as my father in heaven is perfect, but in this sinful body, I, I can't, uh, but God does give us excellence. And as we are being sanctified, we are becoming more and more like Christ every day. And when we are glorified, we'll be perfected in him. Um, Our excellence then in many ways is part of our becoming perfected. Um, We cannot be perfect in anything we do or we create. This isn't to say that we can uh, that we can never play a song flawlessly or make a 100% on our music theory final. Um, <laughs> but it is to say that we can never arrive at a complete understanding of the art of music. It's just, it's just so vast. No one person can understand everything there is to know about music and become a master of everything there is uh, to know about music or the art of music. 
And I've heard it said uh, that the pursuit of perfection is the enemy of done. Uh, so if we continue to strive for perfection, we're just never going to finish a project. Uh, I've, I've also heard it said uh, that the pursuit of perfection is rooted in the belief that I can be like God. If I can, if I can just make this perfect, then I am, uh, then I am striving for an attribute of God, the, an incommunicable attribute of God. And, and I wanted to remind everyone that's, that was the first temptation. Uh, when God tempted, or when, uh, when Satan tempted Eve, uh, he said, you know, if you eat the fruit, you'll be like God. And so that was the very first temptation. And our striving for perfection follows that same temptation. Uh, instead, you know, this pursuit of excellence, it's rooted in the understanding that I am being made perfect, uh, but that I have my limitations. In acknowledging my own limitations, I can strive daily for one step closer, and I can look to Christ as my example. Uh, I recently read through Hebrews uh, and getting to Hebrews 12. You know, after you hear about the faith of, of the saints, you, you get to Hebrews 12 and it says, look to Christ as our example. Um, and, and as I look to Christ and I, uh, and I endure in my faith, you know, I am becoming more and more perfected every day. And I think a very incomplete definition of excellence is to try your best as, and grow as you go. While that is indeed part of it, I, I do believe that the true excellence must be rooted in sanctification. This is the very core of the concept uh, that Christians should be the best at everything. Unbelievers do not have that element of being perfected by God. They also do not have as high a standard of beauty as the believer, as God himself is the standard. I do believe that common grace allows for a shadow or type of excellence for the unbeliever. But even then, there's a process of learning that comes before the ability to do. And uh, then there is a process of growing into the role beyond simply trying hard where passion and devotion kick in and carry you deeper into the process. So in the simplest terms, as we move forward, uh, I'll try to sum up the complexity of the idea into this concept. Excellence is the pursuit of growing in knowledge and ability towards the standard of beauty and craft set in place by God in both general and special revelation. Uh, I'm going to read that again. Uh, excellence is the pursuit of growing in knowledge and ability towards the standard of beauty and craft set in place by God in both general and special revelation. As we see unbelievers pursue excellence, we know they are still holding God as a standard as the common grace he gives them allows them to see his handiwork in the world around them. But we have his special revelation and his saving grace. Uh, we can better see his standard and have greater means of pursuing it. Therefore, we are without excuse. Uh, I want to take some time now to look at a couple passages that mention excellence. There's not a lot that mention excellence, but I found uh, two in particular that, that talk about excellence in, in a way that I believe. Um, we're talking about now. 
First is a pretty uh, common verse. You'll remember this one. It's Philippians 4.8. It says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Uh, The idea of excellence is listed among very positive attributes of Christ-like thinking. Uh, So these ideas, they're Christ-like thinking. They're things that we think about when we become more and more like Christ. These attributes are all related and in some ways all overlap with one another. Uh, Therefore, it isn't wrong to say then that excellence must contain truth, honor, justice, purity, loveliness, commendability, and that which is worthy of praise. I'm going to say that again. Excellence must contain truth, honor, justice, purity, loveliness, commendability, and that which is worthy of praise. And I feel like I could spend an episode unpacking each of those, uh, but uh, I must move on. Uh, the next passage, it's less familiar. It's in Second uh, Peter uh, 1, uh, verses 3 and 4. It says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. There is a lot to unpack in that passage, and we just don't have the time to do that uh, fully right now. But I did want to point out a few major things, and we'll talk about these things uh, throughout the season. Uh, Excellence belongs to God. Excellence is a gift from God. Excellence comes from knowing God. Excellence is tied to God's glory. Excellence is tied to God's promises, and excellence is tied to sanctification. Uh, those are pretty broad, and, uh, and they're not explicitly about excellence in arts. But it is essential to the foundation of understanding excellence. With this foundation, we can see that excellence is not merely a worldly concept, but it is a biblical concept. As such, we must never settle for less than excellence, uh, both in our work, but also in the work we approve. Uh, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, in our next episode, we're going to focus specifically on beauty and on craft, what they are, what they aren't, and how they apply to excellence. Uh, that's more or less what I have to say on the matter. I said a whole lot. Uh, and so I kind of want to open up now to just a discussion. Yeah. Um, I guess for the first question I had for you is it seems you tie excellence very, very closely with sanctification. And I'm wondering if you see those mm-hmm. as one and the same, or if there's a distinction there. Uh, I, I would say that there's a distinction. Um, I think that the more that we become like Christ, the more we want to become excellent in what we're doing. Um, and, 
and I think it's a fruit of, of sanctification more than uh, more than an aspect of sanctification. I definitely think that I would call it a fruit of sanctification. Okay. So uh, it also sounded like you were saying, look, while Christians can be excellent at what they do, non-Christians really don't have that because they don't know the true, the, the most excellent Christ. Uh, you know, they don't know mm-hmm. who God is. And that is the source of all things uh, true and good and beautiful. Yeah, and and I would say that non-believers can pursue excellence, uh, but their ability to pursue excellence is capped in a way that that believers isn't. And uh, the main differences would be uh, an unbeliever has common grace and has general revelation, and through their common grace, uh, you know they can. They can become. They can understand to a degree uh, this idea of not being perfect or not being able to be perfect. You know, as striving toward the next step, they can get that through common grace, and they can see the beauty of a landscape. They can see the 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 magnitude of the stars. You know, they can see you know the, just the the creativity and in, in the uh, the standard of beauty in creation, mm-hmm. and and as such they can strive toward that. Um, I mean, and when we see that, we, we see non-believers pursuing excellence. We see these masters of the arts just doing incredible things. Um, what I would say is that the believer has no excuse not to be even more excellent than the unbeliever. And, and I think of like Johann Sebastian Bach. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote at the bottom of each of his compositions, um, SDG, Sole Deo Gloria. You know, he did everything for the glory of, of God. You know, he wrote his compositions for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that he was able to pursue excellence to a different degree than, say, like Mozart. Even though Mozart pursued excellence, um, Mozart was probably the nearest to perfection in musical theory and composition that any human's ever been able to get to. And mm-hmm. he was only five at the time. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I actually was, was thinking about using Mozart as this example. Um, I heard a story, uh, someone was telling me that years ago that, that Mozart was a punk who he would listen to people's compositions and then he would say, I can fix that. And then he would play it differently and everyone around would be like, yeah, that was better. <laughs> and uh and they did not like him for it because he was a punk and he didn't do it in humility he did it in in pride but um you know we but we see that we we see this this reputation that would follow you know that kind of pursuit of of excellence you know it's he didn't do so humbly he did so haughtily and uh in the history books tell that story so um you know, I, I listen to, you know, from time to time, I'll listen to secular music. And in a lot of ways, it is better than what's on K-Love. And a lot of that is because I think that instead of being freed by the Spirit to make incredible art, uh, Christian culture has said the only acceptable Christian art is a gospel presentation in five lines or less. And so we are capping ourselves unnecessarily into creating this, uh, 
Like it has to, it has to say, you know, it has to say certain things in order to be considered Christian to get on the Christian radio. But you know, why can't we just write fantastically good music? Why, why does it have to be, uh, why does it have to be a gospel presentation? Why can't I just talk about, you know, the beauty of creation? Why can't I just, why can't I just write a song about the, the sanctity of marriage? You know, uh, I don't know if you guys heard, uh, Justin Bieber's new album, but it's about the sanctity of marriage. Um, and you know, why can't we do that? Why can't we just write about the sanctity of marriage? Why can't we write about the beauty of creation? Why can't we write about, um, you know, the struggle of life, but with hope instead of just without hope, you know, there's so much we can be doing. And instead, all we write about is, um, is, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. <laughs> it's not very excellent. <laughs> and so uh, we just, we, we, we result in, uh, we, we refer back to just these cliches. It's all about cliches. Rise from the ashes, everyone. Just rise <laughs> from the ashes. Is, is, the my, is the My Pillow guy a Christian? I know that he's a I, conservative Trump supporter, but is he, is he a Christian? I thought he, I read that? something that he was um, some sort of a uh, some sort of a professed Christian anyway. Yeah, he's professed. Why can't, we do, why can't we just make a good pillow? <laughs> you know, why, come on, let's right? just be excellent in the pillow that we make. Like, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, you know, why, why is that looked down upon? You know, Let's just make a fantastically good pillow, the best pillow there is, and that'd be our excellence because that's what it is. That's that's excellence. And now we get canceled because I talked about my pillow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've already been called a racist many times, so it wouldn't be the it wouldn't be the first time. Um, so, does every Christian have access to excellence at the same level? Yes. So yes. we can all be the my pillow guy, and we can all be Bach at the same time. Yes, at the same time. No, uh, I would say that we all have we all have access to excellence, but it isn't always going to be excellence in the arts. Excellence in the arts is a very different category, and you may notice that I'm talking about beauty and craft in our next episode. I am noticing, uh, and I am, and I am not talking about creativity. Um. You would think that I would be talking about creativity since it takes a creative to make music. Um, and part of this idea of excellence, I think that everybody is innately creative, especially those who are, who are Christians. I believe that everyone, every human being is innately creative because that's part of being in the image of God. God is creator. We are creative. Um, however, we aren't necessarily creative in the arts. There might be someone who is creative in in uh, social engineering it might be someone who's creative in plumbing there might be someone who's creative in pillow design you know there might be someone who is creative in you know all sorts of matters culinary arts you know just different things um some people are creative in in uh musical uh writing but there's there's writing there's um there's orchestration there's arrangement uh there's lyrics there's melody there's uh instrumentation there's there's absolutely uh so many different elements that go into writing music and then there's visual arts 
there's there's painting there's sculpture um you know there's just so many different aspects of the arts and very few people are creative in multiple areas of those arts and so we are all creative in some area we need to find the area where we are creative because we can we have access to excellence especially in those areas um you know god wants us to be excellent so he's going to give us access to that excellence but we're also um i've heard it said that you know every person is like a stick and and a stick is going to naturally be able to bend a certain way if you're going to make a bow then you're going to find the natural way that that stick can bend and you're going to bend it in that way if you bend it in a different way it's going to break uh that is kind of parenting advice in a nutshell <laughs> you know find the way find the way that your kid is naturally bent and bend them in that way instead of trying to make them into what you want them to be every person is going to be creative in some way find that creative aspect and pursue excellence in that field and uh and that is where you'll be able to to flourish yeah that that's uh some really good points uh and really what i think about Excellence, and I'm sure we'll touch on this too in like beauty and craft. Uh, but I just think of of music notes uh, mm-hmm. and and just God's design in that, and that certain notes sound good when they're played together, um, mm-hmm. and then they're obviously less excellent when you know you hit like if you're thinking of a piano and you hit two keys that are right beside each other, uh, it doesn't sound right. And just thinking of of the way that God designed music, uh, it's obviously it, it, like we were talking about earlier. It's it's a a chance to be creative, and everyone can kind of tell when music is just excellent. Um, I mean, it, it is subjective, but at the same time, uh, you know, when you're listening to a pianist, you can tell when someone's you know taking piano lessons for the first time, or they're just you know, excellent pianist. Uh, I just think it glorifies God. And, uh, you know, that's what I think of when I think of excellent worship music. Uh, I think the moment that you are glorifying God, you're already more excellent uh, in a sense than any secular song could ever be. Um, Mm -hmm. Just by bringing glory to his name. uh, And the song actually means something, Uh, you know, I, I listen to every now and then secular music that's clean and uh, not not often, but just every now and then. Of course, you you know when you're out about in town, you're gonna hear it. Um, but I just always think, you know, yeah, that this is this is a a catchy good song, you know. But it doesn't mean anything uh, if it doesn't bring glory to God. It's just it's just another good song. Um, so I say that, and I would also say. If you want an example of, in my opinion, an excellent worship song, the end of Psalm 150 by the Gettys, uh, I think it's from their scene conference. The last mm. 30 seconds, I, I shout out to my my friend Laughlin, who I, I know is listening to this. Uh, I, I texted him and said, that is the best 30 seconds in music, <laughs> which is which is a pretty mm-hmm. uh, unrealistic and, and inaccurate thing to say, but... Um, that's what I think of when I think of excellence in, in worship music. I would love to do that's, a, that's a good that's a good word episode or something where we talk about like songs 
that are maybe they're pretty good, but mm-hmm. um, they have like a piece, a 30 second or less section that is just it transcends um, the song itself. You know, I think of mm-hmm. uh, this is an instrumental song, but uh, the Mannheim Steamrollers on oh, which album? I think it's the red one. Anyway, in the song, The First Noel, the way that they arrange the chords is just so beautiful in the very opening. I will sit there and rewind the first nine seconds or whatever it is over and over again just because it's so um, beautiful. Now, Mm -hmm. uh, I I will definitely be listening to the Keith and Kristen Getty song here, uh, 150. Yeah, Psalm 150. Mm-hmm. It's on the playlist. Oh, it is. Yeah. Well, that makes it easy yeah. to find. Yeah, I think they have a key change there at the end, and it's just, man, it's excellent. So you, you mentioned how, like, you know, having two notes right next to each other, and you play them is super dissonant. It doesn't sound very good. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also at like three whole steps, uh, you get another similar thing, and uh, you know what they call that? They call it the Bakhanov. <laughs> <laughs> he will really appreciate that. <laughs> it's probably called the Brad for short, I guess is what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> his his handle on Slack is augmented forth. <laughs> yeah, that's a good uh yeah, that's good to point out. <laughs> he is also an excellent yep. musician. Um yes. Wow. And coder. So there you go. Oh, nice. You really can be Bach and the MyPillow guy all in one. (laughs) Yes, you really can. And you'll probably sleep really well, I guess. But is there anything else you guys would like to talk about before, uh, before going to sleep and waking up on the Lord's Day? Well, I will say this. So for that song, for Psalm 150 by the Gettys, um, it starts too long uh, because I think they're live. So the, yeah. somebody talks for a minute. It, yeah. And for me, like I actually had heard that, that beginning probably 20 times, I guess from Spotify or something and just never gave it a chance. And then uh, my pastor, my current pastor who chooses the worship music for our church, uh, he played that song and I was like, why have I not heard that? Um, because it, you know, he puts the lyrics on the screen and who it's by and all that. So I looked it up and I'm like, yeah. Oh, this is the song with the intro that takes too long. But it's <laughs> truly, if you can get past like the first 15 seconds or whatever, it, it's wonderful. <laughs> That's probably what it was. All right. So as we, uh, as we end the kind of preliminary discussion of excellence and ultimately as we begin a much deeper uh, conversation about it. Uh, I would like to end by saying, How excellent in all the earth, Lord, our Lord is thy name, who hast thy glory far advanced above the starry frame. There is a bomb in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is a bomb in Gilead. Let's go.
listening to the Balming Gilead podcast. We love hearing from you, so email us at thereis at balmcast.com. We are a part of the Tech Reformation family of podcasts, and you can discuss our show and much more at slack.techreformation.com. We'll see you there. If you enjoyed the Balming Gilead podcast, please encourage others to listen. We value your feedback So rate, review, and recommend the show in your podcast app of choice. And with that, we'll see you next time on the Balm in Gilead podcast. All right. So sorry, Justin, you're going to have a lot of random editing to do there at the end. (laughs) It's all good. (laughs) So I'm going to do do this. I'm going to go, and that's going to help you find where you need to start again. Nice. COVID-19! COVID-19! Burn. Burn, burn, burn. That's what they call a rap. <laughs>